my body is ready. All of this just works. It just works. Who's laughing now? Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 106, the open world episode of the Game Groups Podcast, the all-encompassing weekly gaming podcast from us, the Goodnight Groups. My name is Matt, and today I'm joined by Josh, Mike, and Paul. He's back from France. Not French Canada, actual France. French Canada. He is back. But guys, instead of asking you guys how you're doing this week, I want to ask everyone what their peak, their Mount Kilimanjaro of the week has been. Paul, it's been so long. You get the honors. What is the best thing that happened to you over the last fucking month? I'm home. That's pretty good. That's up there. That's one of the tops. I, I won't go on my long peak of the week rants. Um, I'll just say quickly to sum up for everyone, went to stay with very old relatives for <laughs> um, two weeks in the middle of the rural countryside of France uh, with no car or, or no way to get anywhere. And uh, I never met them. And uh, it uh, was exactly how you would imagine that scenario would go. <laughs> but but way worse. Way I would say it's way Matt, I mean, I told you a lot of the... All of the details, I would say. Yeah. I would say it's, I mean, one of the worst trips you could have. But we did <laughs> a sojourn for three days at the end to go to Paris. Yeah. Gay Paris, which was very fun. Uh, there were no firebombs at the time that we were there. So that was good. At least yeah, you got we out were. just in time. Um, we did. We got there after the stuff that happened a couple months ago. And we got out like literally the day before <laughs> the riots began again. Yeah. I think most of it's not like in the center of Paris. So in the tourist areas, I think you're doing okay. But, ah, okay. But either way. Um, we were we were good. So yeah, I mean that was really cool. I'd never been to Europe at all. So uh, first half of the trip was kind of a bummer way to see it. Um, but it was really cool to go to Paris and have that experience. Honestly, I don't know if I'm like a big France guy, which is funny because I I'm I'm French in my yeah. in my lineage. But um, I, there's some other countries I think I'm more interested in in checking out now. But while I was in Paris, um, I did also become a fiance, bitches. Hey. Oh shit, really? Hell yeah, dude. What the fuck? Congrats. <laughs> yeah, I was going to do a pod reveal. Thank you so yeah. much. Congratulations, Paul. Thank you very That's much. That's cool as fuck. Yeah, so I uh, I proposed in front of the Eiffel Tower. It was very adorable. I held the box upside down uh, when I proposed. <laughs> so the ring was like shooting at Rachel's face. But uh, yeah, it was it was adorable. And then we both were like, I don't know what to do when you I was like, should we go to this fancy restaurant? And Rachel's like, I'm, Rachel's <laughs> yeah. like, I'm like, kind of feel like throwing up, like in, in like, I'm so excited and like confused, and I don't know, like, like I just don't know. It's such a overwhelming thing, I think, especially when we're not like overly traditional too. So we're like, should, how should we feel? We're happy, right? This is good, but like, I don't know what to. Are we gonna like take a pic and put it on Instagram? What do we do? Um, so we pretty much just went back to the hotel and ordered pizza and like ride <laughs> around and just like. And we're just like, we're happy. So that was really nice. It's like, that's our thing to do, I feel like. So so it was nice. And then, yeah, and then we, we just had a nice little time in Paris and had some drinks and, and walked the streets. And uh, it was lovely. And now we're now we're home and we're, we're regular people again. But uh, now I am a fiance and I 
I don't have a ring, but I can like, I don't know, do a little dance and pretend yeah. that I have one. And that's, that's fun. I have a phantom ring of commitment. I got to ask, did you think about what knee you were going to go down on or did you? Zero. Zero thought. Which one did you go down on? <laughs> Wait, so we talk about knees or? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, the knee, the knee, the knee. Um, <laughs> I think I think it was right because that's like my default on a knee. Oh, like if okay. I have to take a knee, yeah. I'm down on my right knee. I, th- uh, I don't fuck. I actually don't. Do you remember? No, I don't remember. But there's pictures. Of I think it, I was so. down on my. I must have been down on my left knee with my right knee on uh, being the supporter because I think okay. that's how I that's how I do it. Now that I'm thinking about it. I don't remember which I did, but I know that I did it consciously. Like I made the decision because I wanted to like, I think I wanted to like open up. I think I, yeah. I think the right knee was down. I don't know. Sorry. When you said, <laughs> sorry, I just, you said open up. I'm imagining like you opening up to receive <laughs> yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. No, that's, that's beautiful. No, I, I, we actually were there and I had like this, I had the ring in my backpack um, that I was carrying around all day and I didn't really want to carry a backpack, but I didn't know how else to do it. Cause I didn't want to like, I wanted to keep it in the box in case I like fucking got pickpocketed or some shit. So I put it in the back <laughs> pocket. Everyone's like, you going to Paris? Watch out for the pickpocketers. I didn't get pickpocketed once and I wasn't nice, even cl- nice. close to me. I don't even think I was close to it, but maybe I was. But, but I had it in the, in my bag and I had it in like in this little sack in the box in my backpack. I had a lock, like a luggage lock on my backpack just wow. in case. Um, and Rachel kept going like, why? To like protect our water bottles. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but anyway, well, we were, we went to sit on this park in front of the Eiffel tower at like, dusk or whatever and i fucking i put my hand in the bag to try to like fish out the ring while we were sitting there right and as i did the bag i had like tied the little bag too tight and i couldn't untie it and i had like and i couldn't like i couldn't just sit there like fucking fidgeting with the bag for no reason so i had like one arm in the bag and i was like i'm trying to get the polaroid (laughs) camera to take like a cute like selfie whatever and i'm like and then i just fucking with one hand i just like stuck my other hand in really quick and i was like where is this thing and i fucking like ripped it open with like all of my strength like just ruined this bag like i just ripped it open um my, my i think my like my broke a fingernail <laughs> and I, Jesus. I had to like so i was like really concerned about just even being able to get the ring out so right. I, that's why I, like i don't even remember what happened with my knees i was just like oh thank god i got it out of the bag i thought we were gonna go back to the hotel <laughs> there was never gonna be a moment but like i really want to propose but the ring is in this little uh bag <laughs> i'm so sorry but it's not gonna happen well well worth it i think that is the maybe all-time peak of the week on the podcast so far so with that said josh follow it up what was the best thing that happened to you this week i got engaged baby <laughs> holy uh, crap double engaged <laughs> <Number> two. <laughs> <laughs> no i'm already married uh so that doesn't mean you can't get engaged twice that's true that's true uh shout out to mormons so oh, God. I, honestly i would the same have, woman anyway yeah <laughs> i'd have to give it to uh to saturday uh saturday whatever date that is she was, the other woman know. Uh, yep. Yep. She's beautiful. Uh, Saturday, July 1st, actually. That's a date, not a person. No, it was really chill. It was just a pool day. We literally just sat in the pool for five hours. I'm Hell from yeah. Florida. It's fucking hot. Uh, it is very, 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 very hot. And the pool was lukewarm, uh, very lukewarm, but it was a good time. And, uh, you know, it was just nice to get a little shitty and sit by a pool with no worries in the world. I, you know, that's the one advantage to renting. Uh, you never own anything, but by God, you get a pool and a couple of amenities. There you go. How much uh, sunscreen did you have to lube up that head with? I only applied once and didn't get burnt a fucking bit. The clouds wow. were kind to me. 
I just want to say really quickly here, um, the same moment that um, Matt said, how much sunscreen do you need to lube that head up with was the same moment his <laughs> wife opened the door behind him. So that's the only thing she heard from the podcast. It's all right. She listens to them all, so she'll get the full context in like a week. Yep. She's not a patron, so she has to listen on Sundays. <laughs> I'm not either. I always want to listen to the final the final cut of the podcast, like when you first release it. And I'm like, I, I can't. Yeah, it's too bad. <laughs> Mike, what was the best thing that happened to you this week? Gosh, I had so much, and now I have no. I have so little. I mean, it, it's one week closer to Starfield, so there you go. Okay. Ooh. <laughs> That's, That's what fair. I got. That's fair. That's fair. Well, my peak was that... Matt. Yeah. What was your peak of the week? Well, my peak was that I had a four-day weekend because of... Uh, Fourth of July, Independence Day, here yeah. in the uh, in the fifty states. So yeah, that was in, that was nice. That was nice. It was good to get some time off. Not going to go into details. What? What the fuck? You're not going to go into details? No, just What'd four days do? off. No, I mean no. Th- there are really there are no details to go in about. It sounds like something nefarious. Is all I'm saying. No, I've just been sitting around playing video games. Do you guys miss me on the podcast? Did you guys miss me interrupting every fucking two seconds on the podcast? <laughs> Uh, Maso Minos. <laughs> Let's move on to Show Me Your Trends. In Show Me Your Trends, I give our panelists the beginning of a Google search phrase, <laughs> and they have to tell me how the top, that's number one, <laughs> result ends by picking from three options. One is right. Only one can be right. Two are wrong. Searches are made in incognito mode to get the purest answers possible. We're going to play three quick rounds. All right, guys. Round one. How does Master Chief blank? (laughs) How does Master Chief die? How does Master Chief know Cortana? Or how does Master Chief poop? Bro, it's got to be how does Master Chief poop? Because I've asked the same shit. I mean, I guess, I, I mean, you figure it's like high enough space technology i figured we've just devised a way to shit in a suit but you gotta yeah. figure out a way to shit and say i suit. think in the books there's canon that he does piss and shit in the suit like there's they explain the technology behind the spartan armor i'm pretty sure and like how it works he had cheeks out in the halo show i think everyone knows how he poops oh yeah well the halo show doesn't count for <laughs> shit dude hey season two is coming <laughs> it is season three of the witcher just came out too and i don't uh, have good feelings about that does the Master Chief suit also wipe the cheeks following the defecation? Yeah, but it's a windshield wiper thing, so it's Ooh. not super good. Or I think actually- it's I think it's more like a colostomy bag, but like yeah, in your butt. Oh, Ooh, honestly, excellent. I feel like maybe it's a colostomy bag. I feel like it's not advantageous. They do so many manipulations and mutations on these people. I feel like or not mutate, but you know what I mean. They they augment them. I feel like they would just get rid of the colon and bowel and stuff. It's very yeah, you telling me that John's not naturally eight <laughs> feet tall. What? Yeah, they stuck a couple extra pair of legs on the bottom. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. But um, these I just gotta say too to have my commentary here that fucking Cortana. How does Master Chief know Cortana? Is the stupidest <laughs> fucking question. It's like imagining people at a party being like, "Dude, John knows Cortana. Like, how did <laughs> how did those two meet?" It's like she's in his suit. She <laughs> works with their they are co-workers. What do you mean? 
I think they're more than coworkers. I'd love to be like, how do you know? How do you know? (laughs) Master Chief. How does Master Chief get hand jobs? Well, that's. The first thing that I thought, I the think Cortana, does it. Cortana takes control of the suit and then does it. Oh. So it's kind of like a mysterious stranger kind of thing. You know, when you sit on your hand and it goes to sleep and then you. <laughs> anyway, so I'm going with die. I'm going with die as well. That's just such an interesting question. And I went with shit. <laughs> yeah. This is going to sound stupid. Is Master Chief dead? Did he die? No, he no. doesn't die. Heroes okay. never die. <laughs> All right. The answer is how does Master Chief die? Although there were multiple, like, I don't know, Google gives you maybe like 10, 12 options when you first type something in. And at least three or four of them were related to going to the bathroom, just not yeah. number one. <laughs> because people, people, really people are like, number one's not interesting. Number one isn't sexually gratifying to me. <laughs> oh, you meant number one. <laughs> yeah, <just laughs> I thought you meant urination. <laughs> That's enough. That's enough from me. All right, round two. Are the cars in Rocket League blank? Are the cars in Rocket League RC cars? Are the cars in Rocket League different? <laughs> or are, are the cars in Rocket League real? The craziest thing is, is, is has, as different as they all look, they're actually all the same exact <laughs> yeah, vehicle. Believe it or not, they're, they're actually all the exact same car. Yeah, It's a trick of the mind that when you look at them, they look different. You're not entirely wrong with that. The Octane <laughs> shares the same hitbox as the Roadhog, and they look completely different. Oh shit! Maybe that's what people. Maybe that's partly what people are are asking about. Oh. If like the skeletons are the are the same, they have slightly different, but it's so minuscule you don't notice. Real. I'm going with RC cars. I think that they do kind of look like RC cars. Eh, I'll go with a uh, real. Yeah. All right. The answer is: Are the cars in Rocket League different? Are they different? I don't know what that question means. <laughs> That's all right. All right, round three. Find out who Googled that. There's a lot of people, so we know someone should be able to. You got to think, like, all these things that we go through, odds are someone who listens to the podcast has Googled these things. I hope not. I mean, just like when you're walking the street, like, you probably pass someone who's Googled these things. I think yeah. I think pretty steady. Derek is Googling, how does Master Chief shit? I think so, too. I, yeah. That, yeah, that's definitely number <laughs> that one for tracks. Derek. Yeah. <laughs> All right, round three. Do video games blank? Do video games cause violence? Do video games make you smarter? Or do video games rot your brain? It's got to be violence, right? I mean, we're almost past that, I think. For I was going to say, it's not 2006, Josh. We, but we've still got enough boomers in office that it's absolutely... People are still Googling, oh, the Call of Duty. Well, we were just talking about the, the French president just blamed some of this stuff on video games. I know, and that oh dude's like, God. what, in his 50s? Like, he's 40s? not that old. Yeah, he's in his 40s. He's not that old. What a fucking goober smooch. <laughs> That's actually, it's actually French for cunt bag. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's why I'm going with violence. I don't know, people are fucking stupid still. Um, yeah, as much as I was joking about it, I feel like violence is the only one that like tracks for me here. Like make you smarter, maybe? Like I think people might be trying to the opposite side of like young people being like, fucking, I need to prove my mom that like these yeah. make you smarter when I play this. It's like, yeah, when you play Brain Age, not when you play fucking I don't know. I couldn't think of a game. That's how stupid video games have made me. Um, and I just don't know who's using the term rot your brain, except like the gold, like the greatest generation or the silent generation or someone who's like <laughs> long past the internet. Like that's something Biden would say. 
I'm also going with violence because I don't know what else you would Google. All right. The answer is, do video games cause violence? Cause violence. Now, rot your brain. I didn't make that up. That was one of the top answers. And maybe in, it was might have been even in the top three. It might have been number two, actually. So, Do you guys think over under, do you think uh, Biden has Googled that? I think Biden <laughs> barely knows what Google I is. I think <laughs> yeah, Biden yeah. uses a computer. <laughs> no. Dude, he's he's with it on the computers. Like, he's too with it. It's a little weird that he, they, like, they really had to, like, inject, like, a microchip or something to make him, like, kind of understand computers. Because he's pretty, he's okay. He's decent. For 80. <laughs> All right, let's move on. I'm shocked. So the big question. After Grand Theft Auto 3 popularized open world games in 2001, we were served a healthy portion of them in the following generation on Xbox 360 and PS3 before the genre totally exploded with the Xbox One and PS4. Now, however, it seems like there's a trend to go back to the basics a bit. Games are getting more linear, and not just because the fans appreciate the breath of fresh air, but also because AAA game development, especially with open worlds, was getting increasingly expensive and complex. I, for one, welcome this newer, healthier mix of open world and linear games, as there will always be a time and place for both types to coexist, I think. But guys, here's the question. When do you want an open world in a game, and when do you not want an open world in a game? Paul, let's go to you first on this. What are times that you're looking for an open world and what are times that you're not? I Just sorry, this is bugging me, but I just have to quickly say uh, I can call you Matthew, Michael, and Joshua to sound more sure, refined. More professional, yeah. yeah. Uh, and you can't do shit with me. Paulina. Easy. Paulifer. <laughs> Pauldred. Paul Tholomew. Yeah. All right, that's, that, that was that I had to get out of the way. Um, talking about open world games here, uh, I actually did think this about this question a lot because I think it's oh. one thing to say, like, do you like them or do you not like them? But I think it's something to be like, when do you want it and when don't you? That's yeah. really interesting. So I had to think about like what, because I think often I don't, but I have to think about like, the ones I like. So I think it's when the wor- open world serves to create like, more of a living uh, atmosphere, I think is the main time I want that. Um, So it's not necessarily a type of game, but rather a type of development style. So like if the goal of the game or the goal of putting an open world in the game is to create like a more living open world, then I think that's cool. I'll say something like Red Dead Redemption 2 is one of my favorite examples just because we talked about this before. But I mean, you walk around, you see random like I guess obviously they're scripted events, but they feel extremely random. People just in a cart, their cart falls over, a horse kicks them to death or someone tries to rob you or someone like asks you to you know get a ride back to their farm and they hop on the back of your horse and you have a whole chat and like if you just didn't do that it wouldn't have mattered it affected the game in any way but you just like got a little bit of backstory on someone that stuff is so cool because it's almost like even though there aren't rails it feels like the world exists in this open space to tell stories that are scripted already that could exist in a linear space but they let they let it it feel it tricks you into feeling like it's smarter than it is because even though it's scripted it doesn't feel like it's happening in scripted places it feels like it's happening in random places because how could the game have known that I'd be in this spot and still put that person there you know what I mean so I think that's really cool I think The Witcher Three also I mean just another I'm just naming open world games I like and what I like about them but I mean with that one too as, as much as I I think there's some stuff like that but a little less um, random but I still think there's something to be said just about walking through Novigrad and hearing people like give sermons and seeing books everywhere and pieces of paper and posters and things that like tell the story of a world. 
Um, I think there's something special about a world that doesn't need to be filled up with things and that often exists with like scraps of lore and interesting pieces of like a world that's lived in, but you're not always seeing the living or not, or I would say not always interacting with the lives. Um, and I think that's super cool. Let me jump in real quick. Yeah. Cause it almost sounds like what you're saying is, and this is going to like really generalize it. Like this is yeah. the, the most basic version of what you're saying mm -hmm. is it sounds like you like when you like an open world when it's done well. Like it has to be like state of the art open world for you. Um, that is interesting that you go there. That's actually not what I was thinking of, but I mean, you're probably right. I mean, I do want it to be done correctly and, and I don't really like it when it's not done that way, but I think there's also different, there's different philosophies behind an open world. Just like I was, I mean, it's easy to shit on and I'm not, I don't want to say this from a shitting on it perspective, but I just like, I'm not interested in, uh, like a collectathon or like a explore for the sake of exploring the Ubisoft model, of course. But I think I, I will say I haven't really played those games enough to have like a super strong opinion, but I'll point to a game that I have Spider-Man, um, for PlayStation. Um, that is an incredible story. And I think the world kind of like I was saying, Red Dead exists in this way where Spider-Man needs space and he needs to swing and he needs to kind yeah. of be in. And so even though I mean, he doesn't need it, but I think it really creates this feeling of you're actually being him. But when I'm swinging around the city during the story, I'm mostly just like listening to someone like a, like a, like a cutscene kind of play out as I swing um, or I'm just kind of like, you know, jumping around and it's not really doing anything. And the places where the open world actually matters in the Spider-Man game, you know, people aren't really alive. It doesn't feel real. It doesn't feel like a lived in, like it feels like a lot of NPCs bumping into each other. But the things that do exist are like, go to this place and clear out all these goons and then you get a point and go here and like collect all this and like check off all these boxes. And that stuff I actually didn't like about that game. And it's one of the reasons I don't replay it a lot um, because I prefer to like forget the story and go through the story as Spider-Man in that space. But I don't really like the check off the list of things and just kind of be in a big space that looks cool. But I can't actually like, again, not even interact with necessarily, but just like see spaces or like, evidence of life occurring and i think like when you go by the people in spider-man they like take their sony phones out to take a picture of you that doesn't feel like life to me it feels like a like just like a scripted event that every npc does um whereas again if i go into an empty fucking uh, clearing in the witcher and there's like old posters of like a thing that happened there and then like it's like a treasure and then a bandit group jumps out and it's like they're the ones who stole that treasure from that map i read like a couple minutes ago that just feels more like there are people living here and like have their own stories and their own lives. And I like that. I like when the open world exists to kind of make you feel like you're in a place where real things are happening. I don't care about open worlds that exist just to be open, pretty and like, and to go to the places and check off boxes. I'm not interested in that in any way. I'm going to jump in because that's my exact reasoning. Really for me, it's really simple. I like open worlds when it feels like the game needs it or calls for it. And I don't like it when the game does not. Even though I liked Ubisoft games for quite some time, I've really grown tired of them. I didn't like Valhalla. I didn't like Far Cry 6. Who knows where it goes from there? But I didn't like the, late, the two latest major entries in those series, which are series that I really did like. They're open world for the sake of being open world. Because Ubisoft has money, they have developers, so they can be open world. That's why I think going back to the roots a little bit with Mirage, and that's going to be an open world game, but I think it's going to be smaller in scope, and so it's going to serve the game a lot better. But linear games are usually 
much more focused just by the nature of what they are. The developers aren't worried about trying to fill out a world because they're just, they're doing what they have to do for the linear levels that they're creating. They're not creating extra stuff just because they have to fill shit out. And this kind of goes against it. And I'll say this because I've been playing Final Fantasy 16. I'm probably in the slim, slim minority with this, but I actually think Final Fantasy 16 would have worked better as a fully open world. I think I mentioned it a little bit last week. I think it would have worked well. Um, it worked with Final Fantasy 15, actually. I know that game's divisive, but I thought it really worked there. And I like the open areas in 16, but the problem is that you don't really have a reason to go around and explore every nook and cranny. That's the main issue. Now, the argument would be like, well, if they made it open world, it would just be the same problems. I don't know. I, I think they should have generally taken a lot more time to develop, to develop the game and, and flesh that stuff out anyway. And hopefully that making an open world, they would have added more stuff to go explore for. I think they really should have gone one of two ways with it. Either make it much more linear than it already is or make it open world and take a lot more development time. Either way, I would have been fine with it. But Final Fantasy 16 exists in this really weird middle ground where there are large open areas, but there's not anything to actually go see in them. It's very strange. I like the game. It's just, it feels like it needed more time. One thing I do want to say, I really like how Ghostwire Tokyo did open worlds. In that game, you have this large area to explore, but you start off fairly limited with where you can go. So it is very linear at first. Over time though, you unlock more of the open world I know that's not really a popular take. Most people see it as kind of this weird half step where they don't like being held back. But I find it being a, just a good way to make an open world not feel overwhelming. With so many like Far Cry games or Assassin's Creed games or the last two Zelda games, the open world is so overwhelming because you can just go anywhere right away. And I don't really like that in single player games. I like that freedom in multiplayer games and MMOs specifically, being able to just go anywhere right away. But with single player games, I want my, not my handheld, but I want a little more direction, especially at the beginning of a game. If you want to open everything up a few hours in, awesome. That That's great. But I think at the beginning of a single player game, I need a little bit more direction. That's just my way of seeing things. So even with open worlds, I want them to be fairly linear for the first few hours. I'm probably in a weird minority in that, but that's just the way that I see it. But Josh, what about you? When do you want open worlds? When do you not want open worlds? Honestly, Paul talking about Spider-Man is exactly what I needed because I've been playing a lot of fucking Spider-Man, uh, the remastered version. It's really good, fantastic game. I'll talk more about it on the water cooler. But in regards to the open world aspect, I could not agree more. I fucking hate the open world bullshit the research tokens i could not give a shit the story <laughs> is so cash money in the first spider-man so far that i it's like all right go explore the world i'm like yeah new york's cool it's fun to web sling around and explore the city but i don't care about f discovering smog i don't care yeah. Like, I just, it feels like the most I'm also so things. fucking bad at doing all of those things. I'm so bad at it. <laughs> <laughs> I just, like, even even if I'm, like, I've figured out, like, web traversal, like, I'm decent at it. And I just, like, still, I, it's not enough to save me because I'm so preoccupied with how good the side quests and main stories are. I'm cool with the side quest. I'm cool with, you know, taking down criminals, like, having to do those for each zone. I'm perfectly fine with having to discover all of Manhattan. 
Like that is perfectly fine. It's a nice little gimmick, but it works just fine. And it plays well into having to discover everything and, you know, playing the story. Uh, but I just think that it's it's unnecessary. It adds too much filler to a game that really does not need it. I mean, it is it's good. <laughs> like I know I'm preaching to the choir. It's twenty. It's a game from fucking 2018. But like it, it's just not needed. It's a case where it's unnecessary fluff and makes it ridiculous. And I would parlay that into Assassin's Creed Odyssey. I tried to play Assassin's Creed Odyssey. There is too much dumb bullshit in that game. I don't think open world doesn't necessarily have a place. I just think it needs to be scaled back a little bit. I think they went hog wild with it once they got the technology to do it basically every time. Ubisoft really is the main culprit of starting this fucking shit (laughs) and creating it and making it the problem that it is. And, you know, I'm cool with it in the case of Bethesda when, you know, it it is going to be empty in some places, but at the very least, they do a pretty good job of making things in their open world interesting and fascinating. And it usually plays well enough into the story. But then there's others, again, like Ubisoft. I don't want to, you know, hammer the same nail y'all have, but let's just be honest. It's just pointless busy work. There's not much use for it. And as someone who just, like, as a kid in high school, like, I was perfectly fine, like, wasting all my time collecting everything. I just don't have the time for it these days. And it's just, it's unnecessary fluff. I All I've done in Spider-Man is collect the necessary shit just to complete the story, uh, which I'll get into on the water cooler. But that, that's my general take. I, uh, I'm fine with them, but if, if your game is just kind of has an open world tacked on, I probably wouldn't like it. I can't. I wish I would have played Final Fantasy 16 up to this point. It's just Spider-Man's had me. I probably w- would say that I would like the linear. I'd probably would say I wouldn't want it to be open world. But that's just because I just don't have as much time in the day to, to do that kind of shit. So that, that, that's generally where I stand on it. In regard to Ubisoft, one thing that they really like to do as well, especially lately in Assassin's Creed and Far Cry, is they will put you in a small open world area and then put you in a larger open world area. I think the the first like little island that you're on in Odyssey is actually a pretty good size, but the first area of Valhalla before you get to, which I think is like a Norwegian area, and then you you end up going to England or whatever, that first area, it could be the size of a regular open world game. It's way too fucking big. Far Cry 6 did a similar thing, I think, from what I remember. We're on, you're on like a smaller island and then you go to the main island or something like that. And I don't know. I, I don't really like the way that they do it, even though I just talked about how, you know, I, I don't like being overwhelmed right away and I would rather it be the sort of introduction, but I'd rather that introduction be much more linear. I, I don't know. I, I just, I, it feels weird when they put you on in this open, smaller open world space and then just throw you into this larger one. It just feels weird. I don't like that. Something is weird about it. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I think it can be really well served in like The Witcher. Like The Witcher does a fantastic job. That's true. Job. White Orchard, yeah. Like White Orchard is so fantastic. Like I want to explore every little nook and cranny I've done a thousand times because it's just interesting. And that that carries over because it's a satisfying collection and it, and it reson- the world resonates so well within the story. Like the world is a telling of The Witcher story in and of itself. Uh, whereas in Assassin's Creed, it's just like, all right, go find four palm fronds because uh, the game said so. So it's like, I, no. <laughs> yeah, I think a huge part of it is just burnout. Like I, I'm, I'm a big fan of open world games in general. Just too, there's been way too many of them. Just way too many of them, and you can't, you want, you feel like you want to do everything in all of them, but it just, 
for so many of these games, the main storyline might be like 20, 25, 30 hours. But if you want to complete everything, it's like 150 hours. Like it's insane. These games are huge. And there's, it's, there's too many of them. It's just, it, there's too much. I really like that we're scaling things back a little bit over the last couple of years. I really welcome the return of linear games. And that's why I've had so much fun with like Final Fantasy VII Remake lately and stuff like that, because it is just much more straightforward. And when I'm sitting down at the couch, I don't necessarily want to feel like I'm like I have a, a checklist that is never going to end. I want to I want to know that I can I can get this level done or I can get this part of the story done, this chapter done and then take a break. But Mike, what about you? When do you want open world? When do you not want open world? If I answered this question 10 years ago, my answer would be different. But now I would say uh, I never want an open world period. Like literally <laughs> ever. I never ask for it. I don't care for a lot of the reasons that you guys have kind of said, but also like, I just don't find that interesting at all. Um, honestly, it takes some of the immersion out of it to be like, when you're, when you're going through like your real life, right? Like you live in an open world, but you're not going to go and visit every single street, every single nook and cranny in whatever city that you live in. It's highly unrealistic and almost immersive breaking to like try to hundred percent complete an open world game. And it just makes no sense to me. It's like, I would understand an open world if they weren't collectathons, if they didn't have a way to 100% it. Like, I would take an open world game that's less of an open world and more of like a choose your own adventure, but linear path, like a branching linear path that is an open world game. So do you feel the same way as me where you're much more receptive to an open world as a multiplayer like game that you're playing with friends and exploring a world rather than a single player thing no no okay. <laughs> no like i'll play an open world game with friends but like i don't know i just don't i i just don't care about an open world game at this point i think i could name on my hand or count on my hand how many open world games I've finished, like actually finished the main story in the last like five years. It's not many. It's like probably Spider-Man and then Miles Morales. That's it. Like, I, I just don't, I don't know if I get bored or if I get lost or not lost, but like just distracted, too distracted. I don't know. It's just, it's always too much. I always want to experience everything because they throw all this stuff in front of you and your instinct is to do everything because that's how games have worked for the past, I don't know, 40 years. <laughs> but like, I would like an open world game in which your options become more and more limited as you go, if that makes sense. My thinking is like... I, I would like an open world game where the main story is like on a timer. Like it, it, it may, it would make more sense to me and I would be more willing to play it because then it has like replayability. Most open world games have zero replayability. Like I, I don't know why you would replay. I don't know why you would replay like Spider-Man. I don't know why right. you would replay Elden Ring. There's just so much to do and so much bullshit that why would I want to replay it? Like thinking about replaying, the first Spider-Man especially is just like, it's painful to me. But don't you want to like experience the story again though? And like play through that. Yeah. But like, like if you give it enough time, the story and is like what 
20 hours of the actual game it's well, like that's such a small percentage is it one of those things though is is it kind of that thing where like you have a completionist sense or like you want to experience it as it's supposed to be so like you because i'm like i'll just play that 20 hours and then fucking drop the game because i got what i wanted out of yeah. it but it's like it's like annoying to you to like not play it properly like play the whole thing kind no of thing? it's not annoying to me it's just like like i would have well i mean i would have to go and collect things like a, I would yeah, have to a, go yeah. and gather things because you'd have to collect like the little tokens and shit. I I also feel like an, a a game like Spider Man that has a really good story but it's tied to an open world pains me because I'd rather just have the story. Like yeah, the side stories are nice, but like with the main story being as good as it is, having that just be a linear dot 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 would be more my cup of tea. One thing that I will say about a game like Red Dead 2, two things. So one, partially makes sense why you go and do other things because you're sort of trying to get cash for the for the camp and you're trying to build out the camp and, and the crew and all that. And also, it's not on a timer, but stuff closes off as you go through the story in Red Dead 2, which almost feels like you're pushed along a little bit because there are side quests that go away. You have to choose the things you're going to do. And like, yeah. if you choose one thing, you might not be able to do another thing. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. So that works a little bit in the way that you're talking about that. I, I'm tr I've been trying to think of examples. That's the, probably the best one I can think of. Although even in that game, like the story is really long. Like that is a long game, but, and then, you know, not to spoil anything, but later on in the story, it does very much get closed off near the end. Uh, it is very, very linear uh, at the end of the game in Red Dead 2. So there are examples of that. But but Mike, uh, did you have any more to say? No, uh, not really. Yeah, I think just I, I think in general, people are getting burnt out on open worlds. There's a place for them for sure. But I think it really has to serve the game. And yeah, I just don't want an open world to be a collectathon. I don't want to go out and just do random shit for no real reason that doesn't serve the main story of the game. If I'm doing things that serve the main story of the game, or in a case like Witcher 3, the side quests, for example, are just like amazingly well-crafted stories on their own, then yeah, it's fine. Or like something like Red Dead 2, where you don't have a lot of side quests there really aren't that many side quests, but that's because they put so much energy and effort into doing the ones that they did have. So they're all really good and they don't really feel like side quests because they are just as good as the main quest. Stuff like that. I just think that open world is fine, but they can't be so bloated. We need to pull back a little bit. A really good example, and this is going to sound weird, but a really good example of a very recent uh, open world, Diablo 4. It's different, but it's all very seamless open world. It, but it, yeah, it's, it's got like these linear paths that, that you have to follow, but it does open world really well where it feels like this giant cohesive world while also being very manageable. And I didn't feel compelled to explore the whole fucking thing either. Like, yeah, yeah. there's statues of Lilith or whatever. I just, but I didn't feel the need to just go find all of them like off the rip. Like it was, it was a nice break away from that usual uh, open world shit. And we're getting to the point, like I was saying, with AAA game development, 
you can't just throw all this shit in an open world anymore. Your your games are going to have to be much more focused because you just are not going to have the time. You can't take a decade to develop a game and then fucking hope it does well because you just put hundreds of millions of dollars in. People worked on this shit for 10 years and now you release it and I don't know, maybe it does well. No, it fucking has to do well. So you can't you can't be taking chances. You can't be having super uh, superfluous costs. Like you have to be spending your money wisely on these games going forward. So I do think we're going to see more linear games and much more focused open world games, which I think is just going to be good for everyone. I'm sure there are people out there that like those crazy open worlds where there's a million shit things to do, a million little collectibles to to get and all that. But sorry, <laughs> the majority does not enjoy that. Any final thoughts? I like uh, well done open worlds. Yeah. That's what I like. I like a medium rare. Give me a good one. All right, let's move on to the score is right. In the score is right, I give the panelists a video game title and they have to give me their best estimate for its Metacritic score based on the best scoring platform upon initial release. In this minigame, we use price is right rules, being the one who's closest to the correct score without going over will win. We're going to play nine rounds rotating the order in which our three panelists make their guesses for each round and the panelists with the most close guesses at the end wins. So the way we're going to do this, it's going to rotate Josh, Paul, Mike, and then we'll go Paul, Mike, Josh, and so on and so forth. All right. First game, Josh, you're up first. Hmm. Returnal. Ooh, uh, we're going to go 88. All right, Paul. Easy, uh, 85. All right, Mike. 89. All right. Returnal, the actual score is 86. 86. Hell yeah. Damn. Next game, Paul, you're up first. What was the score for Tunic? Tunic, easy. Uh, Tunic was 78. All right. Mike? 84. And Josh? Damn. Y'all put it right in the middle, huh? I'm just going to risk it for the biscuit. 81. All right. The actual score for Tunic was... 85. 85. Damn. I like every time Josh gets one wrong. <laughs> Damn. I'm getting fucked up. <laughs> it's like I'm watching baseball. All right, Mike, you're up first on this one. What was the score for multi-versus? Oh, fuck. Oh, God. <laughs> the game that just uh, shut down last week. Hey, the beta shut down. They'll be back. It's only temporary. 2024. Yeah, for sure. Just went out for smokes. So it'll be back. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Fuck. 78. All right, Josh. That was basically what I was going to say. 75. Hmm. I'm going $1 on this one, Matt. All right. The actual score for multiverses was 80. Imagine giving that game a fucking 8 out of 10. <laughs> IGN be like. By the end, it got, you know, it maybe hit a 74 by the end, which is like pretty good. I just don't understand. I give it a 7. How was yeah. it reviewed? Like, Seven, I can understand that, but eight, that's that's crazy. That was the average. You can go Super Saiyan Shaggy, and you can beat up Arya Stark. Tell me how that's not an 80. It was dude. the first like platform fighter with the good multiplayer online Rollback netcode, baby. Yeah. And it only felt slippery and not connective I uh, like 80% it of felt the time. I wish I felt know. that way, Mike. I wish I felt that way. All right. Well, IGN gave it an eight out of ten. <laughs> Way better than than the Nick Nickelodeon brawl. Yeah, that's fair. 
That's <laughs> so we're in our second set of games here. So Josh, you're up first. Give me the score for Resident Evil Village. I have it the slightest fucking clue. I don't even know how this game did. 83? All right. Paul? I don't know. Let's say 87. Okay. Mike? 84. All right. Bastard. Ding, 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 ding. We have an exact score. The actual score for Resident Evil Village was 84. 84. Hey. Oh, shit, right, Nice. Thanks for saying 87, Paul, because that's what I was going to say. Uh, yeah, I, I dodged a bullet there. All right, Paul, you're up. Tell me the score for Tiny Tina's Wonderlands. Oh, got to make these hard sometimes, Matt. This one uh, was a 79. All right, Mike. 75. Okay, Josh. I forgot this fucking game released. 80. Oh, you little fucking... Hey, everybody else has done it. Everybody else has fucking done it. I haven't done turn. shit. <laughs> the actual score for Tiny Tina's Wonderlands was 78. Oh, well, we were fucked anyways, Paul. Oh, man. <laughs> 78. Do you want a score? Do you want a score yeah, update? Yeah, give me an update. Uh, I have one. Josh has zero, and Mike has four. Wow. Okay. We are getting cumster and dumpster. Yeah, Holy we're getting shit. absolutely fucked. Holy cow. This is one of the biggest runaways, I think, yeah, in actually. history of this game. All right, Mike, you're up first. Tell me the score for Days Gone. Fuck. Uh, 71. That's such a good fucking answer. All Fuck right. you, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? 72. It's fine. I got it exact. 73. Bitch. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Ding, 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 ding. Oh, are you fucking <laughs> kidding me? If Mike gets it, I will lose I'm leaving. Mike. I'm leaving the podcast. The actual score for Days Gone was 71. 71. God damn it. No fucking way. <laughs> Mike is beating the shit out of us. Mike literally just said, I got it exactly right. I don't have to worry. The con Mike fake confidence can never beat his true confidence. Uh, Mike put My his dick on the table. Jesus Amazing. Christ. All right. Last round of games here. So we have three games left. Josh. Impossible to win. Impossible to win. But we'll see. Who, we're gonna Josh, you and I can, right. Josh, you and I can fight for second. I I just seventy one was just like I was like yes that's that's the answer. That was, yeah, it, was it was what so I was right. gonna guess. It was on the fucking money. All right, Josh, tell me the score for Digimon Survive. What the fuck? <laughs> just came out last year. It was a real real contender for game of the year. I'm sure sixty three. All right, hmm. Paul. Um. Ugh. I don't know. I think it was decent. 71. Mike? $1. All right. The actual score for Digimon Survive was 83. What 83. the fuck? I thought it was, I thought it was pretty good, but I didn't want to I didn't want to get too high up there, but did well. What the, did what? It was great. It was a great game. Paul, tell me the score for Sable. Yeah, the score for Sable uh, the game I I I, mean, I wouldn't say famously infamously reviewed. famously did a, an incredible review for you can find <laughs> it on our YouTube channel Goodnight Grooves. Um, just search Sable. Yeah, yeah. The sorry, I'm just like it's not. It's, I'm not thinking. I'm just like I'm just remembering how much I love this game. While I tell you definitively that the score for this game was seventy six. All right, Mike. Seventy six is such a good answer. It was it pretty is. good. Thank you. 74. All right, Josh. Also good. 80. Ding, 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 ding. The actual score for Sable was 76. 
swear to fucking God, if Mike was going to get 74 right, I was going to shit in the floor. I just, I, I honestly just, it's like the Mike thing. I just, I knew it was 76. All right. The final game, Mike, you're up first. Mm -hmm. What was the score for Overwatch 2? God, I don't know. Uh, um, 80. All right. Josh. Yes. Uh, game reviewing places are dumb. 84. Okay, Paul. Um, I'll give it a review um, that kind of makes sense. Uh, it's actually one of the first games in history where the name actually had the same number in it. It's uh, two. All right. The actual score for Overwatch 2 was 79. And 79. I got it with two. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Not bad. Um, Mike came with five, but I came back up at the end with a four. And oh, I wow. got a and, fucking uh, Josh goose egg. is a goose, goose egg. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Like your head is your score. Oh, wow. sad. Wow. <laughs> I lose wow. and then I get reminded of my receding hairline. <laughs> oh, God. Bog. Don't look at my <laughs> widow's peak. Bald. <laughs> no. <laughs> Every time you say it, it recedes further back. <laughs> Very good, Mike. Good work on that and way to Mike checking his impeccable hairline right now yeah, for the yeah, audio seriously. listeners. Yeah. He's like fixing his perfect hair. Very good, guys. All right, let's move on to the water cooler. Let's take a quick break around the water cooler to discuss the games that we have been playing this week. Or in Paul's case, I don't know, <laughs> something whenever he had time to play games over the last month. <laughs> when I didn't have internet for two weeks. Yeah. Josh, let's go to you first. What have you been playing this week? So other than the usual comfort games, which are Rocket League, well, you've all heard it before. I've been playing a lot of uh, Spider-Man. Uh, the 2018 remastered version, it has been a blast. I know I bitched about it a little bit in the open world, but that's just one small portion of it. I am having a blast. The fact that I still haven't booted up Final Fantasy 16, having yeah. bought it, uh, is pretty telling. I just, the story, I mean, it's just, it's one of the, to me, it's one of the best Spider-Mans just in general. I think the voice actor, Yuri, did a fantastic job. I think the character is frankly, more interesting and more varied and layered than anything we get in any of the movies. Naturally, you get a little more time to let it breathe with a video game. You have a lot more space than a two-hour movie. But, I mean, I just... It it, it was shocking to me after having all these connections to Tobey Maguire, Andrew, Tom Holland, and just immediately was able to get connected with this version of Spider-Man. It's really, really good. The The web swinging is a blast, it makes swinging around the open world to get to places a blast. Fast travel, I don't even really think about as much. Like, if I can fast travel, sometimes I will. Other times, I'll just be like, ah, we'll swing around, see what kind of crime pops up while we're headed that way. The way the world engages with you is a lot of fun. Uh, the only negative, I would say, and I would agree with Paul, I feel like the world in certain circumstances is a little dead. Uh, it just seems like, it's like if you're on the ground level, it, it's pretty alive. Uh, but other than that, it just feels a little bit empty and meh. Um, but other than that, I mean, that's really my only major complaint aside from, you know, the, the open world issues where the research tokens are really my only issue. So for people that I guess haven't played it, there's these little research stations that you can open up and they give you a research token. I think by default, if you just unlock it, uh, and then you can gain more in some of them if you do certain quests for them. Unfortunately, the little quests or whatever activities you want to call them are really uninteresting. Half of the time, they're a pain in the ass. Uh, and they're just not all that engaging and fun. They feel like busy work, which is the one 
slight I would have against the game because yeah. it's it really is so much fun. The story is fantastic. I I'm gonna say something a little spoilery here, but the game's been out for a while, so fuck it. Uh, I had no clue Miles was in this game. <laughs> like that was a shock to me because uh, I knew he was in the second game naturally because the second game's all about him. But I just had no clue there would be that connection in the first one. So when he popped up, I was like, firstly, okay, his dad's dead. Secondly, uh, <laughs> holy shit, it's Miles. Yeah. I, I love that the story didn't start off with your traditional, like, Spider-Man is new and he got bit by the spider. It's like, no, this is an experienced Spider-Man. He's been through it. He's seen shit. And you can tell that through the characterization of him. I just think it's so fantastic. Like, I can't get enough of it. It reminds me of playing Spider-Man 2 on the PlayStation 2, just better and revamped. I mean, I can't speak enough praise about it. I haven't played so much of the story. I've just been kind of web-swinging around the world and taking my time with it, doing the side quests, because the side quests are, are pretty engaging. They make you feel like just friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. Uh, so I really don't have any complaints about that. Uh, I'm interested to see where the story goes. Dude, I'm so excited for you. Yeah, it's, it's such great. a good story. And also... Um, I don't know if you've seen the backpacks yet or done a lot of that, but like that shit is that's like when you're talking about like lo loving to see his backstory and like how he's gotten there. I love these little like voice lines about like all the little history stuff. So. Yep. I, that's what that's what I was going to say is I love his backpacks because as it's the one thing in the open world, I make a point to discover when I run across them because they serve a purpose to the story. And it's super interesting, like finding out, oh, he fought Vulture. He broke up with MJ at some point, which is clear, but like, you know, you could see kind of how it all kind of broke down. It's just super interesting. And I, I, I can't get enough of it, to be honest. I have just been playing it pretty religiously at this point. Kayla has been watching it alongside me and it's just, it's super engaging. It's a blast. Some of the points have been a little on the nose, but I think that's just because I haven't gotten through the whole lot of the story. I'm probably not even near halfway at this point if I was a betting man. Uh, and I'm interested to see where it goes at this point. I love all the upgrades. I love how fun it is to fight at fight a Spider-Man. I struggled with the combat a lot at first, but then all of a sudden it just clicked, and now I'm just beating the shit out of people. Uh, it is fun to dodge around, slide around, uh, to vaguely break people's neck and just pretend it didn't happen. <laughs> I'm I'm having a really good time with it. I. I it's I I wonder how long this is going to last for me when I beat the game, because my goal is to kind of get caught up by the time the third one comes out so I can play both. But we'll just see kind of how that goes, because if, if they have similar open world things with Miles, I have a feeling I'm going to want to take a break uh, and oh, just yeah. take it easy for a while, because I just, you know, I think I'll probably beat this within the month if I had to bet, uh, which will give me enough time to maybe take a break, play the Miles version when it gets in the winter, take some time and then maybe get Spider-Man 3 when it's on sale or something. You know, not rush too, too hard with it. Uh, but it's been a lot of fun. Other than just like the occasional bullshit open world items, I am having a blast. It, it tapped into that kind of childhood feeling of just Spider-Man is cool. Like, I mean, <laughs> that's just what he is. Like, he's like he's just this corny-ass nerd who just beats the shit out of bad guys. And it, it's so endearing. Uh, but he also is like, not that kid anymore still he's super experienced and like well versed so when like bad shit happens he doesn't let it affect him too bad like i mean there's one sequence where that the helicopter almost just <laughs> falls all over the city and he's dragging a generator around and it's just like <laughs> like hitting buildings and shit and he's just like whoop <laughs> like, yeah it's just so so good i i can't get enough of it well you talk about him being experienced like as spider-man but i what i also really like is to service the story He's also 
already had these relationships. Like he's already, he has such a deep relationship already with MJ, with, with all these other characters. So it can tell a little bit more of a mature story, which I really appreciated. Yeah. Aunt May's not sitting here like confused or worried. Like it just, it, there's yeah. just a nice like dichotomy and understanding of their relationship. I, I'm going to probably beat the hell out of it this month. I, I can't get enough yeah. so far. Well, Mike, let's go to you next. What have you been playing this week? So I've played a couple things. I've refunded some stuff, so let's just get into it. <laughs> I played Storyteller, and then I refunded it because it was $13, and I played it for an hour and beat it, and I was like, okay. Granted, there is, it seems like there's a little bit more, there's like challenge levels that I didn't do, but everyone else is just saying yeah this storyteller game is more like a novella than a novel and i'm just like i paid 13 dollars for this yeah no <laughs> so it was an interesting concept and i liked it it was kind of funny at times like some of the situations that you can put the characters in to meet the requirements are kind of funny so i had a good time it was a good laugh but that's a two dollar game that is not a 15 dollar game speaking of two dollar games I picked up a game that was recommended to me by Steam called Shapes with a Z. Oh. Um, and if you open up that Steam store, you're going to sit there and say, why the fuck are you playing this? I have it ignored on Steam. <laughs> and my answer is because it's $2. Um, it's pretty good. It's like Factorio, but um, Shapes, that, that's all you really need to know. Yeah, this looks not fun at all. <laughs> not even a I have bit. played it for eight and a half hours Jesus and it Christ. was a fifth of the price of storyteller so you know I'll take it um I picked up some other things in the steam sale that I haven't played yet so I won't mention them because they're going to be a big surprise when I do get to them I also played a multiplayer game called rounds um that's with an s not a z really silly kind of fun good time again two dollars I also have that ignored. <laughs> it does look kind of cool, though. <laughs> like, it's, I'm looking it's a lot at it of now. Fun. It looks kind of cool. It's a lot of fun. Uh, really enjoyed it. And I've played some Moonbreaker again. Yeah. Big, big changes to the game. Probably really good changes to the game, if I had to be honest. But other than that, that's basically all I've played. I haven't really been itching to play anything, really. I have like plans to play certain things for certain projects and I'm just like, well, I'm just going to wait. So we're just waiting. But I do have like three games on here that I bought that I haven't played yet. One of them I will keep secret as a surprise. Okay. The other two, one is Dredge. I have bought it. It was on oh, sale. Yeah. So I will be playing it eventually. Um, and the other also on sale or maybe it wasn't on sale. It doesn't matter. Mars First Logistics. Looks amazing. I can't wait to play my first ever strand type game. It's going to be great. Yeah, I have that one ignored as well. <laughs> That's so wild. I mean, graphically it looks really cool, but yeah, I'm not <laughs> I'm not interested in the logistics. You build a vehicle and deliver things to places. It's a strand type game. I guess so, yeah. I guess so. it, quite literally <laughs> dredge. If I had to like, if someone asked me what is Mike as a video game, I would probably say dredge. So, wow. Yeah. So I'm I don't glad know if that's hurtful or not. So <laughs> it's a See, I would say shapes with a Z. Yeah. It's a little too abstract. A little too abstract. 
Shapes with a Z is getting a sequel and it's 3D and it looks like eye cancer. So I'm probably gonna play it. (laughs) All right. Well, have fun with that. I'll ignore it ahead of time before release. Well, very good. I'll get into some of the stuff that I played and then we'll give Paul a little bit of a chance here. I'm not sure how much he played. (laughs) Probably not much. I played some, this is going to be weird, but I played some World of Warcraft retail. It's not, it's not weird at all. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> you told me, I remember uh, like a month ago, two months ago, you were like, yeah. I just think I'll never play the game again. They've lost me. Yeah. And I, and I thought, mm, I looked at my watch and I thought, okay. Mm. I actually, I uninstalled it for the first time, maybe forever. And that lasted like a month. But I'm leveling a human paladin and a blood elf hunter. My paladin just hit 30. So just got flying. The hunter's somewhere in the mid 20s. There's a 50% experience buff right now that ends in like a week on july 11th i think it's i think it has to do with the diablo 4 launch so enjoy that right now but it's really strange to have to kind of relearn a lot of how the game works since i haven't played seriously in so long also i haven't really played alliance like really ever in the modern wow so there's so much that i just don't know like i just don't know where stuff is Stormwind has changed so much over the years. I just don't know where shit is. So like I saw the portal room for the first time and I was like, this is cool as hell. This is way fucking better than the horde portal room. Although the horde one's a little more convenient because it's, I don't know, but it's situated like, you know, the weirdest fucking spot in Orgrimmar, although it is more convenient. They're both in bizarre areas. But at least the, at least the, the Stormwind one, like that was always kind of like a portal room. So it kind of makes sense there. The Orgamar one is just like, I don't know, near the entrance, just dig a little hole and it can be down there. It's like walk through these great gates and also while you're walking through the gates to the right inside <laughs> yeah. the gate is actually like a room full of fucking portals. <laughs> yeah, it makes no sense. But I don't know. I'm having fun with it. I'm doing a lot of dungeons and just kind of experiencing like I played BFA, I played Shadowlands, but not enough to have those dungeons just like fried into my brain. So I'm feel like I'm experiencing them for the first time even though I'm not so it's been enjoyable I don't know how much I'm actually gonna play like I I feel like I'm on the cusp of either getting totally back into retail wow or just being like why why I'm just wasting my time what am I doing so it's gonna go one way or the other and I don't know where yet for my sanity I hope I drop it but we'll see I'm also still playing Final Fantasy 16 still loving it not much to talk about I was not expecting a second time skip and a second hub area. So that's kind of interesting. It's interesting that they created an entire second hub area. I don't think that's really much of a spoiler. I mean, it's not getting into story stuff, so I'm not telling you why. But it's, I don't know, the game, you really feel the budget in the visuals and the combat and the the voice acting and the storyline. But then, like I said before, you go through these open areas and there's just there's absolutely zero reason to actually explore which is really disappointing and the game is also really fucking easy the game is really really easy i was i saw something on twitter or some article or something about how people were asking like the streamer or this youtuber they're like why are why don't you have any guides for final fantasy 16 he's like there's nothing to write a guide about the game is so straightforward and so easy there's nothing to write a guide about because when you're when you're exploring around the world and you're you might find a chest or you might find items out in the world but it's 
all you're finding is crafting items that you're getting anyway by just playing the game. There's no reason to explore, and that is the number one most disappointing part of the game. But I am loving the game. The story is fantastic. The, the voice acting is phenomenal. The, the game just is really fun, although it is easy, and there's really no reason to explore. Those are the two biggest knocks on it. And then lastly, the, the thing that I played today is the Sea of Stars demo. I played it on the Switch. Played it very briefly. It was only like, I only played for like 40 minutes. I think it's a one or two hour demo. But it's a really cool modernization of the old school SNES or Game Boy Advance turn-based RPG. You can climb. You can jump up and down ledges. Other stuff like that that was pretty much absent from those older kind of games. The artwork is phenomenal. Specifically the lighting. The lighting is really impressive. The way that fires and lanterns look are really cool. It makes the game really cozy. There's a great sense of humor to it. The way the demo opens, there's like a a decision made over this arm wrestling match, which is kind of funny. The dialogue is solid. Of course, there's no voice acting. It's all just reading it because it's like that, you know, old school JRPG. But the dialogue is short and snappy, so you're not re- it's not like you're reading a fucking novel, which it was like that in some of those old games. But this game is really trying to channel a chrono trigger. It's really trying to basically be a spiritual successor to that. So if you like that, you're probably going to like this. But one thing I really like is going in and out of buildings is seamless. So you know how like in older games, you'll get this like little door sound bite and the screen will fade to black. It'll fade out and then it'll fade back in. And this is pretty much instant. So it just feels really good. It feels really snappy. Going in and out of battle sequences is also totally seamless. So like you walk up to an enemy and then all of a sudden the on the same screen, like the screen doesn't change. You don't go to like a static background or anything like that. The the characters just all like suddenly get into position for their their turn-based combat. It's it's really cool the way that it works. So I will say, and I don't know if this is because it's the demo, it kind of plops you in the middle of of the part of the game or or what. At least it seems like that, but the game is kind of difficult. Or at least it's like this sort of difficulty that I'm not used to in turn-based games. Whenever I've played turn-based games, it's felt really simple. It's a little more difficult in this. Although it, it is turn-based, but there are action elements. And I think Mike might be interested in this aspect of it. I don't know, how, Mike, what your interest is in this game. But there are like el- action elements where you can you can block or time your attacks for more damage, which is kind of cool. So I don't know. It's The difficulty is kind of off-putting if it's going to be that difficult, but I do know that you can find these two relics in the game that can allow you to either make the game harder or easier, kind of like the bracelets, Josh, in Final Fantasy 16. So one of the relics will decrease the base HP of your characters, so I guess that makes things harder, but the other relic will increase the base HP, and it's also going to heal you a bit automatically after battles, so that's a way to sort of in game either make the game a little more difficult a little more challenging or a little easier i don't know if that's something that happens early on in the game i'd probably be interested in making a little bit easier just to honestly enjoy the story but we'll see how things go i i think this is one of those kind of games where you you have to really prep before all your battles you have to make sure that you've cooked the food at the campfire you're all healed up and all that kind of stuff which is fine i i just i just wasn't used to that so it was kind of I'm so used to playing turn-based games where I can just jump right in and I'm not going to have any problems at all. And it's going to be super easy. And that was not the case here. So maybe I just need to reframe 
my mind in, in terms of that. But it's interesting. It's still one of my caches for this uh, latest edition of Cash or Trash, but we'll uh, we'll see what happens when it comes out. I do I do think it's going to be really popular. I think people are going to really like this game. Josh, did you get a chance to take a look at the demo at all? I know I had mentioned it's it's it has a demo on PC, so on Steam and on Switch. I don't think there's a PlayStation demo for it uh, or Xbox. If it's coming to Xbox, I'm not 100% sure. I think it is. Nope, not yet, but I probably will now. Very good. Well, Paul, I don't know if you've played anything the last couple of weeks, but if you have, go right ahead. Yeah, I mean, I'll jump in just super fast because I really have not had an opportunity to play a lot of video games. While I was away, I did play um, a lot of Vampire Survivors on my phone. Oh, nice. And that was super fun. Just a great thing to goof around on when there's nothing else to do. I also played... I don't know why I'm bringing this up, but I also played one of those like choose your own adventure romance visual novels. <laughs> my, uh, I've mentioned this before. Um, Rachel, my fiance, um, yeah. Rachel plays this game choices. Uh, that's a pretty big app store one. And uh, she has like a VIP subscription. Whoa. She spent, um, she gets like monthly, you know, she's able to like play it as much as she wants. Cause they make you pay for like keys every two, you get two keys every few hours. You know, it's one of those oh. real bullshit ones. And if you want to make the good decisions in the game, you have to have diamonds and you have to buy diamonds. So anyway, um, she dropped a few hundred dollars into that over the Damn. course of a couple of years. And then, uh, and then now, uh, there's like a subscription for, for the hardcore fans. So she's, she's got that going on now, which is cool. But um, I always wanted to play that, but I don't want to drop all the microtransactions. And one of these um, things, episode, um, is an, it was probably the biggest one, actually. They have an Apple Arcade deal where they actually made an Apple Arcade version oh. of episode. And it's like free to play. Like you don't, there's no limits. Like you can just make whatever choices and do whatever oh, sure. things, which was kind of fun. Uh, unfortunately, episode kind of sucks. <laughs> also, there's like no male protagonists in a lot of these, which really sucks. Oh. Uh, choices is actually one of the only ones that does male protagonists. Uh, a lot of them don't, which is kind of a bummer. Um, so um, I just played a rock and lesbian and uh, yeah, had some fun just like doing a little visual novel. Um, it was fun. It was all right. Uh, it was free mostly. So that was pretty good besides the Apple Arcade cost, of course. Yeah. So that's it for phone games. When I came back, I did finish the Diablo for, uh, I don't know if I'd use this terminology. I did finish the Diablo four story, um, but Matt can attest. I, I, I skipped every single cutscene and cinematic in the game. It's fucking disgraceful. What? What is what? wrong with you? <laughs> it was so cash. I know. No, it looked. It sounded great. <laughs> but the same thing is, I was busy watching Parks and Recreation and, uh, and not listening time. and not listening to any of the sound in the game and just grinding out. Yeah, the story for the first time and skipping everything that was important or interesting. Yeah, you know that eight minute cinematic that they probably spent a year and a half b building. Yeah, Paul just skipped it. I had to, I did have to watch ten seconds of it because the game hadn't loaded yet. So, but luckily they didn't start speaking or nothing happened, so I didn't have to watch any of you it. You so. skipped literally my favorite <laughs> Blizzard cinematic. What the fuck is wrong with you? Because I like to piss everyone off. <laughs> That's earnestly fuck? why I'm. Because like in in tr in truth, I will go back and play this and like and like really enjoy the story. Um, but I don't know for some reason I just kind of started like grinding through it. Uh, and then I wasn't sure I was going to be able to, I want to try to finish it before I went on vacation. So I started like jumping through stuff. And then I just, then I was like, I'm too far in now. Like the cinematics, the sub, you know, the good shit started coming up. And I was like, I don't even know why I'm here. I'm too far. I missed too much. Uh, so I just crammed through it. Uh, and 
now I'm doing some end game stuff and I will go back and I'll enjoy the story, enjoy the story. But I don't know. It just feels like a couch thing for me. And I think I should have gotten an Xbox. I'll probably get it on Xbox and like a sale and like properly do the story. But right now I'm just kind of playing it to play it. Uh, did some like multiplayer with uh, you, Matt, and one of our yeah. buddies, Spencer, our game buddy, uh, gaming buddy. <laughs> and um, and yeah, and it was it was good. We just uh, I, I went to the PvP area, which was pretty yeah. fun. I hadn't done that before. Got our asses kicked. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because uh, our friend Spencer was like 72 or something, level 72, not <laughs> age 72. And uh, <laughs> we are both like in our, you know, mid 40s in the game. So we really uh, just were not competitive with like level 70s and 60s and stuff going in there and just wrecking everyone. But it was cool. It was fun to try it. Did we end up doing a Nightmare Dungeon? We did. We did one we Nightmare did. Dungeon. We did the World Tier 2 Capstone Dungeon. So you and I both got World, World Tier, Tier 3. three. Yeah. So, yeah. So overall, it was fun. Uh, definitely looking forward to playing some more Diablo. And just to finish it off real quick, I did play some WoW. I really wanted to play a lot of WoW this weekend. Unfortunately, other factors came up. I got a little busy and uh, didn't get to do it as much as I want to. But I still have some time tonight and into tomorrow, this four-day weekend. And I think I'm finally going to like just sit down and WoW it out real hard. Um, I'd like to be able to play with you, Matt, and do some dungeons and do some alliance stuff. I did play a horde guy on Thrall because I know you guys play on there. But, man, I just... I'm just not a hoardy anymore. I can't. It's really hard, really hard for me to do it. So it's so, so sad. It's funny. You, uh, you made that transition over to Alliance and I tried to, uh, and I just, I couldn't, mm-hmm. it was a struggle. I don't know. I think like I, I enjoyed both. Like I was a big horde person, but I enjoyed playing Alliance alts and stuff like younger, but I would say probably around like 2016 ish that 2017, I did a full flip over and I just like ne- almost never looked back to the, to the horde side. See, mine was kind of like a return home. Cause my first character yeah. was a gnome rogue. And then when burning crusade came out, I kind of switched to, to blood. We well, became Paladin. friends with, with me and Spencer as well. And we were yeah. horde guys. Yeah, and so yeah. like to all play together, you had to play horde and then blood elf came out. So you had a beautiful horde person to play. You yes. had to play an ugly monster. Yeah. And so now I'm kind of, I've kind of returned back home to the Alliance side of things. I don't know, man. It's just like, I feel like the Alliance storylines in the last few expansions are just so much better and the cities are so much better. And I understand like having that connection to the Horde and that being what you've always played. And that I totally get that. I just feel like as someone who has been away, I, I feel much like it's much easier for me to rip the bandaid off and make the switch now because I have played the game over the last few years, but really not played it like hardcore in a while. Don't have as so. much skin in the game. Yeah, exactly. And also to those uh, to those out there with Blood Elves, you know, the Alliance has Blood Elves now. So yeah. you're good. You have you They have got the shittiest elves. fucking haircuts though. Come on now, bro. You do realize they have other non-tendril haircuts. They have like all kinds of haircuts. See, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Blood Elves I will have, agree there aren't as many. You're right. Blood Elves have one good haircut and it's the male Blood Elf haircut called Falcon. Yeah, and that shit is cash. And I can never go away from literally. I have like five blood elves and they all look the exact fucking same. That's funny. That's funny. I, like I do that. think like overall as a game, World of Warcraft has some really stupid hairstyles. Like the game is just not great at that for some reason. It's never been good at that. They've got some pretty good ones now. They've added some, they've done a big 180 on like all bad hairstyles, I feel like. And it's, I'd say like 50, 50 good, bad hairstyles. Yeah. I don't know. I, I feel like even still today, it's 
there's only a few that I would ever pick. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, I say that, but I only pick between yeah, maybe three or four max. That's pretty. That's pretty tight too. I'd say less. Character customization these days, though, is really cool. Like I, I, making a human character. Humans incredible because they have because they made it like realistic. Like yeah, they, sorry, true. they based it on like like Earth humans. Yeah, which then we get so much more because like, like like oh you know night elves don't have like different skin color profiles in the same way and like different um like they don't have like different like racial tendency like ter- uh, characteristics whereas right. with the humans on the alliance they have like an asian palette of like yeah, you know yeah, like yeah. skin tones and like facial designs and same with like you know a, a black one a white one and they have all these different ones and so it's like and then that already like changes the characters so much like visually um, and so that's really awesome. I think it'd be cool. So much lore work and like effort that they'll never put in. Um, but it'd be cool if they had stuff like that for other races that made them more like into different palettes of like different, like, uh, kind of like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, they kind uh, characteristics. Of do, but like with like, like trolls and orcs, but they just make them different races. It doesn't like lock you out. You know what I mean? Like you, if you pick one of the faces, it won't like lock you into a certain skin tone. Like it does on human sort of. Oh Yeah. And like, or it doesn't like, it doesn't lock, you know what I mean? It kind of matches certain ones no, up yeah, and I think right. that's kind of yeah. neat, but anyway, whatever. Um, I will say uh, speaking on the customization, God, night elves just fucking got wrecked. Like if, I don't know if, if you ever get a chance to go look at character customization and wow, that is, they got nothing. It's really? basically day one. <laughs> and really? There's like three little things and then like one little tab. Like they just really did not give them a lot, which really sucks. They're like, Dude, we have void elves now. We have blood elves. Like we have, yeah. we don't need you anymore. Like they, I feel like they really kind of threw night elves out on like an iceberg, and they're like, "We're done with you." They gave them a bun and put branches in their hair. <laughs> that's it. They put the the branches thing is cool, but that's about it. Nope. Luckily, I think night elves on day one already had the best customization anyway. So that helps. yeah, night elves were eating eating well for a super long time. So I mean, it's fine that they're a little bit behind now. It it, it, tr- it tracks. But yeah, anyway. Playing WoW, uh, not enough, but I'm going to play more soon. Hopefully that'll be a big water cooler topic for then. But yeah, really not a lot of gaming. Just uh, looking at chickens and and walking around an empty farm mountain. All right. Just make sure you wash them. <laughs> All right. Let's move on to Bang, Mary Kill, a video game edition. And somehow we've only played this once since episode 59. We played it in episode 85. So... It's been a while since this was in the rotation regularly. In BMK Video Game Edition, each group is assigned another group prior to recording. That group must then create a list of three games, franchises, developers, publishers, etc. for the assigned group. The list is presented live during the recording. Then the fellow group must decide which of the options they're going to bang, marry, or kill. Bang! You get one night with this choice, one lovely night. Marry! You must engage with this choice daily and kill... You never get to engage with this choice ever, including future releases. This week's parameters is competitive games, and this can include a full series. So, you know, you don't have to just pick one game from a series. If you want to just name the series, you can do that. So this week, Josh and I are partnered up, and Paul and Mike are partnered up. Let's go with you first, Mike. Why don't you present to Paul his options? Oh, good. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know what Paul plays competitively, but I know that he plays the mobile games. So I went with uh, League of Legends, Wild Rift, Mm -hmm. Teamfight Tactics. Oh, shit. 
and Raid Shadow Legends. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny that you bring that up, uh, Mike, because this episode of this podcast is brought to you by Raid Shadow Legends. <laughs> yeah. Raid on, fellow legends. Yeah. 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 Uh, I, I hate to be one of those. I hate to like ruin a list right off the hop, you know, but I just like, I, this is an easy one for me, sadly. Oh. Well, that's not true, but there's one thing that's easy. I kill Raid Shadow Legends. I only played it <laughs> once. It wasn't one for me. Unfortunately, that was up the wrong tree. But I will say Wild Rift versus Teamfight Tactics is tough. Teamfight Tactics is kind of one of my fave things, like go-to games. I will say I don't play like a lot of Wild Rift as much as I play like League, but I, I do think it's cool. I think in that sense, I'll probably say that I'll marry TFT because I'll play that game forever. But Wild Rift specifically i'm not like i could probably just you know have a good weekend playing and then get so fucking butthurt from league of legends that i could probably <laughs> drop it for a long time all right very good josh why don't you give it to me i've got the most normie list for you that's okay. just i play just normie from, games like, what we've talked about so of course we have call of duty you you said series are good so we've got call of duty fortnite and halo <laughs> that's good Solid enough, though. I know you like Halo, too. Call of Duty, Fortnite, and Halo. Mm. Okay, so we're talking today. Okay, so I'm not going to rely on nostalgia. So I'm killing Halo. I'm killing Jeez. Halo. <laughs> I don't blame you, honestly. I'm killing Halo because I, I, like, I would still probably have fun playing the Master Chief Collection, but it's been out for years and I haven't played it. So it is what it is. Let's see. Fortnite... I think I'm going to bang Fortnite because I'll have a really fun couple games with, with the buds, but I don't know if it's my forever thing. The thing is Call of Duty is just, it's always been, at least over the last couple of years when I've come back to Call of Duty, it's just my game where like I'm really bored. I don't feel like getting super invested in any games. I don't want to watch any TV. I just jump into Call of Duty multiplayer by myself and I suck ass, but I have a fun time just because the feedback of the weapons, the sounds, the, I don't know. It's, it's just such a polished fun game for the most, for the most part, the release of this latest call of duty was a little bit rough at times, but I'm going to marry it because it, I, I just like it always being there as my option to go to. So that's it. And Josh, I'm going to go now, actually, because I'm going to turn this right around on you, and I shit you not. Here are your options. Call oh, of Duty, Halo, <laughs> or Rocket League. Okay. All right. Well, first off, off the rip, we're marrying Rocket League. I can't hey. live without that fucking game. Uh, it is literally, WoW was my comfort game, but fuck that shit. Rocket League is now my comfort game. I Wow. I think it's one of my favorite games of all time. I just I can't deny it anymore. It's like engaging the like the mechanics are fucking so fun all the seasonal shit they do is a blast i love rocket league like nice. it's it's one of my like top five games it's got to be uh actually i think we literally had that list a long time ago so yeah. uh, a long time ago a couple episodes ago but uh this is where it gets tough call of duty and halo yeah i want halo to be so good i, know. I do and i, I want to play the master chief collection and reach exists you know what fuck this shit no, I can't do it. All right, we're killing Halo. We're killing Halo. See you, bitch. Uh, uh, Bonnie has lost me with Halo. 343 is dog shit. It's really no good anymore. Infinite was bad. Well, bad by the end of it. And Call of Duty is, I mean, yeah, I may suck at it, but guess what? I may have some fun with it here and there. 
I'll be able to log on and at least get a couple levels, have fun, spend 60 bucks, have fun for a month, be happy. <laughs> like, you know, that's enough for me. That's what Call of Duty is for me these days. So fuck it. We're, we're banging it, uh, having a wonderful evening with it. Uh, but yeah, ultimately, Rocket League is our uh, baby girl. We are uh, sticking with it. All right. Very good. We both killed Halo. Oof. Uh, my, <laughs> really? my how the mighty have fallen. <laughs> for real, yeah. though. Reach exists and I killed Halo. Yeah. All right, Paul. Your time to present. Hell yeah. I did a little research here to make sure I'm I'm getting this getting this nice and, and toit. So uh mm. Mike, I present you with Apex Legends. Nice. Mm. XCOM. Ooh. Or Rocket League. That's any mm. XCOM, you know. I mean obviously the, the series. Mm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Can I kill all three? Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> no, you have to love one. Yep. No, like, okay, in the context of a competitive game, I don't know that I love any of them. Um, <laughs> in the context of a game game, um, XCOM is my one true love forever. So I guess I'm marrying XCOM, but I'm never going to play it multiplayer because that, that <laughs> shit is trash. I didn't even know they had multiplayer XCOM. Yeah, there's a multiplayer version for XCOM wow. too, but yeah. it's bad. I No. Apex Legends. Well, now I feel like if it's not... I feel like if XCOM, I have a backup if XCOM. If you yeah, think that's yeah. Like a true give me, a, give me, a, give me a, give me a backup. I have Apex Legends, Heroes of the Storm, Rocket League. Ooh. Oh, okay. That's a, that's a solid. Fucking but like, I mean, list. here's the thing though. Like, I, you, Matt, you're over here talking about like if we're talking about now. I mean, Heroes of the Storm already has a nail yeah. in the coffin. But I mean, I, I was thinking more like as a holistic experience. Right. Okay. Yeah. As a holistic experience, sure. Yeah, Rocket League can uh, can be killed. I've already uninstalled it with no intentions of reinstalling it. Um, so, Josh, Josh said, "This is my shit. Probably my favorite game." Like, Listen, I, I love I love playing Rocket League, but I'm not gonna play it by myself. So it's it's dead. Apex Legends, I could go like my entire life without playing again wow <laughs> so i guess i'll bang it and it'll be great for one night and then i will never touch it again and i'm okay with that um here's a storm it's my favorite moba of all time so it would feel bad to kill it um it would feel bad to only see it once so i guess i'll marry it and uh it's nice someone has to look after it in the old folks home yeah, someone yeah. has to look after Heroes of the Storm as it slowly shutters its doors. Yeah, uh, slowly shutters. It's already in the grave. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you can play One it. Put in the grave. You, you can. It, you there can are still play it. Matchmaking servers. Yeah. Yeah, and you know the the queues are short. Like you can get into a game really quick. <laughs> yeah. There's people that play it. Microsoft, bring it back. There you go. Fuck yes, please. Beautiful. Love it. Let's move on to a special shout out. Each panelist is going to give a special shout out to anyone or anything of their choice from the world of video games and provide a quick reason why it's like someone is getting this attention. I'll go first. A special shout out to the new trading post in World of Warcraft. Hell yeah. It actually seems like a pretty elegant way of implementing a battle pass type system and just having those old like FOMO things coming back and giving you an opportunity to actually get items that have been gone for so long. Really cool way of doing it. And like, it's not hard to get the currency for it. So yeah, I mean, really cool system. Josh, your special shout out. 
I struggle with this one. I'm currently still struggling with this one. I'm really not sure where to take it. But you know what? We're going to give a shout out to Blizzard. No. Because they finally had the balls to make a good story decision and make Ebonhorn the aspect of the Black Dragon flight. Sorry, spoiler oh, alert. Spoilers. <laughs> it's not that big a one. But <laughs> yeah, it's just a good decision. It's cool. It's great. They didn't go so stereotypical to make the two people we expected to be it. And they went with like one of a fan favorite, and it made sense and it worked. Now please pick a fucking war chief, Blizzard, you cocksuckers. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Paul, your special shout out. Special shout out to CD Projekt Red uh, and uh, the developers of The Witcher 3. As I'm currently going through the first half of season three of The Witcher show on Netflix. And I just have to say, I'm so glad that someone made a great multimedia representation of the Witcher world and allowed me to experience those stories and and just really incredible because the Netflix show is uh, absolute ass just a sh- just so shit just so bad so thanks so much for for giving me uh giving me that also i mean just in general um also help i mean a little bit of a negative but uh, they also helped me realize how fucking bad the show is which maybe is kind of a negative because i i might have liked it more if i didn't know the source material but I don't know. I don't want to like bad things, so it's okay. It's okay. It's probably better this way. Yeah, it was just such a layup for Netflix to have Henry Cavill and The Witcher with so much source material, and they botched it. Mike, your special shout out. Yeah, uh, this one. This one's easy. It's a long time coming from this weekend. My special shout out is to Paul. Ooh. Oh, because he has way better taste in WoW cities than Josh. <laughs> Boy, <laughs> yes. Thank you very much. Undercity S tier fucking if it weren't just for anyone who watched that YouTube video, if it weren't for me, that would have been in D. Yep, stanky S City. Yeah, so check out the wow tier list video on YouTube if you have not already. It's a great video. 37 minutes, but there's not a single like second that's boring. It's just a good video throughout. And about a thousand people thought it was worth clicking on. So uh are you gonna <laughs> yeah. disagree with a thousand people? Yeah. I don't think so. If you do I uh, disagree. Let me get my ukulele out. I'll, I'll do a video for you. <laughs> oh, no. I'll, I'll convince you otherwise. <laughs> oh, no. Thank you so much for joining us here on the Game Groups Podcast, the all-encompassing weekly gaming podcast from us. I feel like I'm missing a reference. The Goodnight Groups. If you, you really like the show, we encourage you to check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash goodnightgroups, where we currently have two different tiers available. New third tier, Paul Police the ukulele. Any and yeah. all support is greatly appreciated and will go a long way in improving everything <laughs> here at the Goodnight Groups. Woofs? The Woofs. The Goodnight Woofs. Please give us money. <laughs> the, three- <laughs> <laughs> the $3 plus tier will get you access to the show two days early. <laughs> <laughs> That's more than my daddy makes a day. So stupid. <laughs> Special shout out to our honorary groups. Why did we choose a word that is so hard to say? Honorary groups. It's not. Supporting us in the $5 plus tier. That's Andre D, Cole T, Derek versus the world, James B, James S, and Jeremy R. A round of applause for them, please. Thank you. We also ask that you take a couple minutes to drop a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. This Podcast. many. 
that this many. He's we're on he's, we're on we're not he's on holding up phone. one finger. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's not the one you might think. Yeah, and Spotify, everything helps. I mean, actually, go do it though. I mean, I I don't know how many. I I feel like at this point they're memeing on us by not doing reviews. Listen, son. Listen. Yeah. That's what I'm talking to the audience. Yeah. Listen, son. I know it's not cool to try. You know, I, I know it's it seems cool to just like I'm cooler than everything, you know? Yeah. It's not. When you grow up, you're gonna realize that it's the best thing you can do in the world. You know, Mr. Rogers once said when something bad goes wrong, you know, look for the helpers. Oh. I would like to say when you get older, you should leave a review on Spotify for small podcasts because it really helps. It does, it truly helps. And I think that's like Mr. Rogers would say that too if he were here today. That's like not a profound quote at all. What? <laughs> what does that even mean? It's like it's like when there's like a disaster. Like look to the look for the people, and there'll there'll always be people there who are like going to be helping. And then like look to those people for leadership, and like they'll be like there's always going to be like good people around who help. And and what I'm saying, I, the point is, yeah, fucking do it, yeah, cunt. Whoa. Especially if you don't want to do the Patreon or you can't, that is the best way to support us. Make sure to check out- I'm good- getting riled up here that people aren't doing this. Yeah, calm down. Make sure to check out goodnightgroups.com for all of the content. We'll find this podcast, Southern Fried Groups. They're, by the time this podcast is out, I think the finale for Boss Baby Challenge is out. So go check that out. Game reviews and more. On the website, you're also gonna find a link to the community Discord. You can hang out with everyone, get the quickest group updates and chat with everyone on a daily basis. But before we get out of here, guys, do we have any final thoughts? All aboard the toxic gossip train. That'll (laughs) do it for us here today. Gentlemen, thank you for joining me. Take care, everyone.